Welcome to Happy Dog Training and welcome to another episode of Dog Talk. Today we're going to talk about dog attacks. Dog attacks on other dogs and dog attacks on people. If this topic is not something you want to hear about or some of the descriptions that will probably be included um, is not something that you're comfortable with, this would be an episode to skip. But I will give you a lot of self-defense tips on how to survive a dog attack and how to prepare yourself and maybe avoid it and uh, protect yourself and your dog in this episode. So it's a little bit more of a sober topic. We have a couple of those coming up where they're more serious, but this is important and there's not enough. um, It's not talked about often enough. Let's put it that way. So a couple of things to understand about dogs and what, what they do. So every day, literally every day, I see a story somewhere in the country or somewhere around the world. This happens also apparently a lot in the United Kingdom, but also here, where dogs attack people. So this is not even just about dogs getting in dog fights with other dogs. This is about dogs literally going after people. And every day there's a story of some sort. And many of them go far beyond the dog just bit someone because that doesn't make the news anymore. Most of these stories don't even make the national news, but they do make the local news. And you find those if you search for them or if you get alerts on on dog news and dog stories, as I do. And the things that you see there are very disturbing. There is mutilations, people being disfigured, even pet sitters who were being hired disfigured by dogs they're sitting. Uh, dogs partially eating people, um, children being killed, babies being killed, adults being killed by dogs or packs of dogs. This is not a rare occurrence at all. This is a very common occurrence. It's, however, more in some parts of the country and not so much in others. So here I live in California. So in California, it doesn't appear to happen all that often. While in the Midwest, it seems to be quite frequent for whatever reason. You can all speculate on that. I I don't know that I have an answer on that. It's just where the news stories pop up that I see. I'm just judging that based on what I'm reading. But it happens. It happens all the time. It happens almost every day. And there are some very disturbing things. The infant being killed by a dog in the home or by a visiting dog or the family visiting a family with a dog is a very common theme. And also older people who can't move as fast being attacked. There was recently a story where an older couple and the man was, I think, 80 years old, was just drove somewhere to visit, I think, friends or family, and got out of the car. Some dogs broke out of the yard across the street and got to him super fast. It was not just one dog, it was multiple. Attacked them, killed them, dragged them around the corner. The woman he was with, also in her 70s, um, was injured but not dragged and killed. He was killed and partially eaten. It was a horrific story. This is not what you wish on anybody. And these things happen. So my point is, I'm not trying to scare you and make you feel all horrible. My point is, this happens a lot, and it is worth thinking about what you would do in a scenario where you, your child, or your own pet is attacked by another dog or a couple of dogs. So we're going to talk about some of those things that you can take as precautions 
that are legal, they're perfectly legal things to do, and that are worth doing and considering in light of that. Because it's better to be prepared and it's better to think about what you would do ahead of time than being confronted with something you've never even thought through. So better be prepared for that and hope it never happens to you because uh, it's going to probably go very differently than you imagined or thought out. So I'm a professional dog trainer. I've been doing this for almost 19 years now. And I have been attacked by dogs. I have been attacked by a dog that literally wanted to kill me. And I was able to overpower that dog and secure him. And uh, I'm not die. obviously I'm sitting here. But it was, it was 19 holes later. So I had 19 puncture wounds on my legs and arms as a result. And this can be quite serious. This is not a dog that had ever shown that he would do that. So there was a neurological issue that came into play that we didn't know about. But things like that can happen to anyone. It doesn't matter what your experience is. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter if you work in this profession like I am or not. The chances that you're going to be able to defend yourself if you don't work with dogs every day is lower. If you work with dogs every day and you understand how to secure a dog and how to overpower them, um, win, win in a battle per se, Chances go up, obviously, just like with martial arts and humans. So, okay. So a couple of, couple of things that can be helpful not even getting into the situation. So there are some things that see as a recurring theme that seem to be not understood a whole lot in the general dog population, or dog owner population, I should say. Dogs can get themselves worked up into a frenzy where all the rules go out the window. I think most people have seen two dogs behind a fence when they walked by with their dogs and the dogs barked at them and they couldn't get to you and then those dogs started fighting with each other. It's a redirection they're doing on each other, but they're now starting fighting with each other. Maybe they stop, maybe they won't, maybe the owner comes out and interferes, maybe it ends very badly. But that is... A redirection from one dog that they're from, from a target they can't get to onto each other. So dogs can work themselves up into a frenzy under the right set of circumstances and the right type of dogs that can end very poorly even if those dogs under normal circumstances never showed any signs of, of, of aggression or problematic behavior. Maybe they bark to people going by the fence but nothing dramatic and then something like that happens. So dogs are predators, and dogs have sharp teeth, and they can tear flesh and break bone quite easily. So if it gets into that frenzy, that can happen. There's an instinctive drift that can happen to them in their behavior. A lot of times when you have behaviors that where everybody, have, why would the dog do that? Why would the dog this do this? They got worked up somehow. They got into a frenzy, and they're redirected. This is often the answer to a lot of these mysteries, so to say. There are certain dog breeds, um, the, bu the bully breeds, where you have an activation to high-pitched squeaking sounds that you may get from a squirrel or you may get from a small dog or even a crying baby. doesn't mean they're all like that. What we have with pit bulls, we have seen that. and We have pit bulls, we had pit bulls. This happens with some pit bulls, a good number actually, when they hear a certain sound. There's just this flip that switches and it's like, okay, now it's serious. So you can have a situation where um, your super friendly pit bull is in the 
um, dog park, playing with other dogs, no problem. And somebody brings a little dog in and they start chasing each other, no problem, everything's going well. And then the little dog makes sounds that flip a switch and something playful becomes quite serious all of a sudden. So these things can happen and they can, they can happen pretty quickly. So understanding the dog breed that you have, understanding what triggers and switches there may exist. My most dogs don't react this way to sounds, but pit bulls do sometimes. But it's something to be aware of. It's not something that you should be afraid of either. It's just understand that about your dog and maybe not a dog to leave alone with a small child. Not that you should ever leave a dog alone with a small child, but uh, some, some dogs you got to take more precautions than others. So just a couple of points on dogs in general. They can get worked up and they can escalate and just like do things that they would otherwise not do. So that is something we should not forget. This can happen to us as well. This is not unique to dogs. We don't think about it in these terms, but people can flip a switch. I mean, road rage. Right? So that, there are things that it just drives you over the edge and off we go. So it can happen to any species and any, any being. It's possible. Just something to understand that's also possible for your dog. And they have some sharp instruments in their mouth to cause some damage with. So, little introductory talk on this, but let's talk about what we can do and hopefully give you some descriptions of things that are actually feasible and practical. You should think about the options I'm presenting and think about what you would be comfortable doing and try to practice that and become better at it or good at it at least so you can actually execute this and be ready if, if that situation occurs and at least you stand a chance. Doesn't mean it's gonna go well, you never know what's gonna happen, how many dogs are coming you know, and, and what exactly is gonna happen, but being ready is better than not. So. But this is something I share with my clients when it comes to protecting yourself and your dogs against attacks. And I'm going to share it with you here in the podcast today, so hopefully you can benefit as well. Things that are very effective are stun guns. Stun guns and stun sticks and any kind of electricity that you can use by as a self-defense weapon, they're legal in all parts of the United States. So, for example, like a stun gun that comes often with a flashlight, it has a handle. You should get a longer one, not one of those short ones that fit into your, fit into your, your, um, your purse. It should be something a little bit longer, so you have some distance from the animal. So, like, the electrodes are only in the front, the but buttons here in the back. And you could direct that at a dog and give them, give them a jolt. So, these self-defense weapons are available. I think you can even buy some of them on Amazon. I mean, they are available, they're legal everywhere, including California, where I am. And we, we pretty much prohibit everything else around here. So you can buy them because they're non-lethal. And they're not going to kill anybody. But they definitely make an impression on an attacking dog. It doesn't mean that they're going to work in every scenario. But they give you a good chance. They give you a fighting chance. With a lot of dogs, that's going to be enough. Well, to, to give them a jolt like that, and uh, you're pretty much sure that nothing bad's going to happen to that dog except for a big surprise, a jolt of pain, and most likely he's going to just take off. That is the most likely outcome of that. And you can buy these anywhere. You can buy them online. You can buy them in stores. You can buy them in sports stores. They're available widely. So it is an option, and it's a good option. It's something to carry like that around is something I recommend because it's a, um, it's, it's a very mild intervention per se, comparatively to what we're dealing with in a dog attack, but it's also very effective because it's quite a shock to the system. So it can definitely help you defend yourself and protect yourself. 
And again, legal, completely legal. So it's a good thing to, um, to consider. Another option to consider are defensive sprays. So forget pepper spray. Don't even bother with pepper spray. It's not going to work on most dogs. What has a better chance of working would be bear spray. Bear spray is much stronger than pepper spray and has a better chance of working for you. Again, it's a completely legal thing to carry around and have. I, I carry it with a hike for bears, obviously. <laughs> um, but when I hike out there in the, in the wilderness, I have bear spray on me. And bear spray can work. So now with bear spray, practice. Because you're basically shooting a thin stream out, so you should get maybe a couple bear spray tubes and practice how, how they actually go and, and see how this goes with wind, maybe protect yourself and see if it flies in your face then and how much it would fly in your face and how it would affect you. I mean, don't try to bear spray yourself, but understand how it generally goes if there's some air flow, which is there probably will be. But bear spray is an option. May still not work, but it's an option. It's also fairly mild. Not going to lead to any permanent damage or shouldn't. Now, wasp spray is even more effective than that. You can also buy that. So wasp spray is also available at the um, home improvement store. And you can spray that. That is also a very effective self-defense spray. And pepper spray for dogs, not going to do a whole lot. A lot of dogs are just going to go get annoyed by that and it becomes even worse. So I, I wouldn't bother with pepper spray. It doesn't even work on a lot of, well, it works on people, but not on all people. I mean, there's, there's also limits on what it does to people. So, so sprays. Uh, I, I would recommend a bear spray or a wasp spray. These are a couple of options of how you can defend yourself with um, non-lethal means towards dogs. So stun guns and sprays. If you are in other parts of the country that allow for other means of defense publicly, then you have other options. I live in California. That is pretty much the thing that we can do here legally. And uh, so they can be quite effective. So I, I would not necessarily even dismiss any of those as ineffective second measures. They can be quite effective. And I would recommend that you prepare yourself one of those two things and carry them around with you when you go into areas where you just don't know if there may be a loose dog somewhere or somebody may break through a fence or you're not sure how it's, what, what can happen to you. Have it in your car, have it handy. I mean, it's just something to have close by as a, as a means to deal with a dog that attacks you. Well, not, an, not a pleasant topic to think about, obviously, but here we go. It's just one of those things. It's better to think about beforehand what you're comfortable doing and how you can do it and practice it somewhat and then be able to execute it when the time comes so you, you don't become the victim and you're the one um, who ends up as a fatality in a dog attack because we don't want that. Okay, so um, I think on this topic, the last thing I want to say is the best dog attack is the one that doesn't happen or the one you avoid. So that's the same with human fights. The best fight is the fight you don't have. It's the fight you avoid. Even if you are self-defense trained like I am, other people are, and you know how to handle yourself, you know how to do things, the best fight is the one you avoid and don't have. It doesn't matter how skilled you are, there's always someone better, so it's better to not be 
engaging unless you absolutely have to. This is the same with dogs. Don't try to be the macho hero with this. If you can escape or avoid, do that. It's a hundred times better than all the alternatives. If there is a neighborhood street where the fences don't look that sturdy and you know there is dogs behind those fences that are wild and you don't know what they would do if they got out, maybe it's better to not walk that street. Yes, it's your neighborhood. No, it's not fair. No, you shouldn't have to make that adjustment. It's not right that you have to. And you don't have to, right? It's your choice. But it's the smarter thing to do. If you can avoid getting attacked by a dog, do so. You don't know how it's going to go. It doesn't matter how well you're trained. It doesn't matter what you know. It doesn't matter what you think you can do. Don't. Avoid it if possible. It's not something you want to get yourself into. I'm speaking from experience. Trust me. You do not want to get attacked by a dog that gets very scary very quickly. That is not something you should take lightly. So if you can avoid it by taking precautions, look around you before you exit a car in a neighborhood of a friend or a relative you normally don't go to. You go to a strange place and somewhere residential or rural area, maybe prop the window down, listen, do I hear anything? Look around you a little bit. Is there something that I need to be aware of? Have a little bit of situational awareness in, in unfamiliar situations, but there probably would also be nobody there to help you. So avoid what you can, whenever you can. Just be aware of your surroundings in, in that scenario. So it's the last piece of advice on this. So couple of self-defense, so a couple of the seriousness of this was the introduction of what's going on in this country and around the world, actually. It's a serious thing, unfortunately. A couple of options on how to protect yourself when it happens, and the last piece of advice, avoid it as best as you can, because you never know. So, a little bit of an um, unpleasant topic, but I think it's an important topic, and it's not talked, often, uh, talked about often enough, and I think we should do that more often. Consider the things that are unpleasant but are likely or necessity that we will have to deal with at some point. We'll have another topic coming up that's in the same realm of that. It's not about dog attacks at all, but it's, it's, a, yeah, it's something along those lines that nobody likes to think about, but it's important. Okay, uh, I hope this was informative. It was helpful. You got something out of it, and I will see you next time. Bye.